0: we are back i am so excited thank you guys so much uh welcome back to another episode of sexy funny raw i am your host sylvia sage joined in studio with my co-host dr eddie giving us public health perspective And we are truly blessed this month to have in studio guest uh, Angeline Miranda, who is a comedian, actor, and sex activist herself. So welcome to the show, Angeline. Hi,
1: guys. (laughs)
0: This week, you guys, we are going deep, and we are talking dub, dub, dub. We are talking <gasps> dubstep. dubstep. No, <laughs> dance moves. Old nay. Okay, uh, we are talking, dom sub roles, and we are going to get real deep into it, right? So when we think of Dom and sub roles, obviously I feel like most people's brains go to Fifty Shades of Grey, because that's what we know, and that's uh, the book, and the movie, and the series, and everything that we saw, but there's so much more to it than even what we see in pornography. Obviously, pornography is giving you a very um, uh, exaggerated fantasy. And curated. um, Curated, directed, um, yeah, uh, proper lighting, you know, the whole nine yards, so Um, But this week, we're going to get into it a little bit more, and we're going to talk about the things. We're going to talk about um, the whips and the ropes and the role play and, um, you know, just get a little bit about the dub-sub-dub. I keep saying dub. (laughs) Dom-sub-relationship. It's a combination of the two words together. Yeah, Yeah, and it's hard. Hard to separate. Um, But let's talk about it. Let's talk about the the roles that we're playing in... in this and what it and what the role, what BDSM really like stands for, and what we're getting into in this episode. Dr. Eddie, bring it to you. <laughs> okay. It's on the spot. Surprise. <laughs> Surprise.
2: Here you go. So, Dom's, I, what I would say is that Dom sub relationships are a common way for people maybe interested in some kink, maybe uh, take putting their toe in the water of BDSM, Mm. um, interested in exploring a little bit of role play potentially. And so we have previously, uh, previously we discussed uh, role playing more generally. And so the Dom sub is like a very specific subset Mm -hmm. within the role playing community.
0: So I think the best way to think about a Dom sub relationship is the consensual eroticized exchange of power. Right, because sex is about power. Right, everything in life is about sex, except for sex, and sex is about power. Right, <laughs> very famous quote. Power from. and love. Right, that's those yes. are the. <laughs> oh, love. We we'll, we'll, we'll gotta throw that in there. So. Yeah, <laughs> let's remember we're consenting that's to a theater, having theater this. Kid this joke yeah, there jail. you go. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, So let's talk about it. The DS in the acronym, uh, the BDSM, which stands for bondage and discipline, dominance and submission, right? And I think sometimes uh, the... Sadism also is uh in
2: place of submission in place of yeah.
0: submission right okay yeah. perfect and then the M is mas- masochism, masochism. Yeah. yes which I feel like can have a very negative connotation but that's really what we should be discussing right yes so um, you mentioned earlier that the creator of the BDSM term in general is like not a great. Okay, yeah. Human, let's, yeah.
1: let's dive. So, um, first, I'm going to give you a little rundown. And then yes. I, I have actually, I think it would be great if we could get people in the comments giving their input on this okay. as well. It can yes. be a group project. Group project. Um, I like so, it. Uh, BDSM. So, sadism and masochism are named after two historical figures. The first is the Marquis de Sade. That dude sucks. Uh, <laughs> lots of like non-consensual issues with the mm. way that he approached sex in BDSM. And then the second is, I hope I'm saying this right, the Sacher Masak. Um, these two terms were corn- coined by Kraft Ebbing um, in his book, which was actually about like psychopathy and sex. So not off to a great start. Right Now we understand that BDSM is a, you know, when it's practiced correctly, ethical pursuit of eroticism that mm-hmm. is consensual and responsible. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we should come up with a new mascot for BDSM. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to float Tony the Tiger in a Leather Daddy outfit. <laughs> because it's great. Exactly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Is that a reference? It's too old, though. Is the Tony the Tiger still a thing? I could be today? dating myself. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know if it is. I haven't seen a commercial for him in so long. I don't a know if question. it's still a thing there. Gen Z, get at us. Yeah, we need to know. Is t- is Tony the Tiger just a generational thing? Is that is
2: he floated out by I'd now? be... I'd be hesitant to bring in animals.
0: Oh, 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 okay, <laughs> well. and
1: anthros are also a part of the That's community. Oh, That's true, 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 true. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Uh, but I think with any of this stuff, obviously consent, 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 we always drive it home, but it is such a big part, especially of the BDSM. Um, Uh, environment I always feel like especially for um, on set with us anytime I go into one of these scenes it is a checklist beyond checklist normally when I show up to set um, it's kind of like a sheet I will fill out and it's you know my yeses and no's and what I'm okay with and what I'm not uh, whether it's hair pulling or slapping or something like that but when it's a BDSM shoot oh my god it is like a document you have to like pages upon pages you have to just go through and check mark every little thing that you're willing to do and willing not to do Uh, there's also so much there's safe words going on, and if it's bondage in any way, it's a, uh, you know, how comfortable are you? How comfortable can you stay in this um, rope um, tie-up? And a lot of times, I think people think that the tie-ups is um, is an uncomfortable place to live, but when you're doing bondage correctly, there are so many ties that are very comfortable for the person to set in for long amounts of times. Um, the ropes aren't necessarily tight on you they're just holding you in and especially I don't know the real world of like um bondage in a real life I only know the commercial version of pornography (laughs) that I've been in but it's super comfortable I never am even there's not even marks on my hands afterwards so it's it's a level of what you're willing to do and obviously there. Is parts of you know the sadism where you are going to be leaving marks because that is a part of it. You want to be getting you know hit the hardest with the whips and the you know doing these things. So there are obviously very much differentiations of levels of what people are comfortable with. But that's huge. Why consent in this? Is, arena is so important
1: yes and also why um, a lot of people who practice bdsm go through like a learning process mm-hmm. and there are classes that you can purchase there are free tools to help start everyone off but especially if you're going to be the person who is tying the rope bunny into the yes. ropes or like putting somebody in bondage or who is going to be the dominant who's kind of like in charge of the boundaries and the rules of the scenes it's important that you understand the power you have, the significance Mm -hmm. of that, how to keep everybody safe, including Mm -hmm. yourself. Um, And I think that there... There needs to be some education surrounding that instead of just like jumping headlong into it.
0: Oh, yeah. I want somebody to be a full on like rope expert before <laughs> I'm offering my hands up to any type of tie situation. Yeah. And just knowing that you're in a safe environment also and that these ties are coming off and, yes. a, you know, in a timely manner and in the manner in which I, I want them to come off. Right. So. Um, I think there's also a lot of like sex clubs, isn't there? Oh, yeah. Especially in the L.A. area. I don't know <laughs> about where you're from, but especially in Los Angeles and, and bigger cities, I feel like there's a lot of clubs where you can go to and just watch. You mm-hmm. can be a spectator before you join into anything. So there are different ways to kind of like see what even the options are, because I feel like a lot of times if you aren't comfortable with even discussing BDSM, then you wouldn't even know what other options there are there are for this community and like you mentioned there's the furries and everything else like it extends so far out and just really your comfort level so
2: I think the conversation could be really sexy yeah it doesn't have to be at the moment you're going to do it but um, if we're talking about role play it'd be like here is the contract why don't you tell me what it is that you're interested in doing? you know and this could be like after dinner Mm -hmm. Uh, and so tell me what you're doing and maybe on Saturday this is all going to happen between 11 and yeah. or whatever. Yeah. I think it could be sexy. The conversation doesn't have to be weird and awkward mm-hmm. all the time. No. Mm-hmm. Uh, but not everybody's comfortable having those kind of c- conversations. We talk about sex a lot. We're all educators. Right. Uh, and so it becomes like second nature to have those conversations. Whereas not everybody has mm-hmm. that comfort level. Mm-hmm. Not only do they not maybe have the background or the exposure to a lot of these things, but they just have never done it before. Yeah. And all yeah. that stuff. So maybe create a scene around what's okay and what's not okay and it doesn't have to be the moment of let's not decide right then mm-hmm. right let's decide at a separate moment let's decide uh at a different time and let's try and make the whole conversation sexy because it's it really is all about communication and consent across the board and i know we really do talk about it a lot but um if we're not having the communication then we're actually not having consent yes. right yeah
0: and angeline you mentioned there is a place where you can go uh you in it's a website where you can go and you both uh checklist what is comfortable for you and then the the website will then combine your list and only show you the things that you are that you have both checked off that you're both comfortable with so it's kind of having the conversation for you to take out the awkwardness if that conversation is really what's keeping you from exploring things 100 percent. yeah -hmm. if
1: rejection is something
0: that's stopping you this takes that out of the equation because they're only going to show you the two areas where you where you combine which is great I think that's beautiful I never knew that existed and I think that's that's fantastic because again not everybody has the communication skills not everybody feels as comfortable saying what they want to have done to them and sometimes even myself I feel like I'm I'm very sexually versed when I'm in that intimate relationship I mean I have let a man eat my pussy wrong for far too long you know and I just I fake moan it until he brings me (laughs) up the penis you know because I feel uncomfortable in that moment going it's bad it's what you're doing is so bad that I just squirm away and then uh, <laughs> they'll just stop with the alphabet. Just stop yes. with the <laughs> alphabet. <laughs> we don't
2: no, do alphabet. that anymore. Yes. No, no, we don't. Right. We should
0: have never done the right. alphabet. Let's be That's honest. That's not how it works. Yeah, but I think I mean. If the most versed person in sexuality can struggle in that moment, you know, it's nice to have the conversations before or after, have someone else have the conversation
1: for you. So I think it's brilliant. In the moment, the stakes are always higher. Yes. I also think uh, it's a great, so there's, you would be familiar with this, like intimacy coordinators. Mm.
2: Um, so
1: in intimacy coordinator training, one of the programs I've heard has had uh, like a workshop wherein the first thing you have to do is you have to say no to every single thing that the person runs by you oh. because practically... Practice makes perfect. So getting it out there and learning to do it before you're in the moment gives you like a building block. That's beautiful. Cause I feel
0: like a lot of times in sex, you don't want to make the person feel less than right. Yes. You don't want to say like what you're doing isn't right. Because I fear, I feel like, if, and a lot of females and males maybe feel the same way that if you say something, it may ruin the moment completely. Yes.
1: And we're also pretty, pretty sensitive. Yes. Especially sensitive. during sex. Definitely. Yes.
2: We're very vulnerable. Uh, and so that can manifest in a variety of ways, which can create anxiety. Mm-hmm. And so those conversations, the, the more you have them elsewhere, yeah. I mean, the better prepared you're going to be uh, when you get to the event. Yeah. yeah.
0: No, absolutely. I mean, it's just like training for anything else. Like practice does make perfect. Let's be honest. Yeah. I mean, I feel like a lot of times people like, uh, you know, if the sex isn't great the first time or for a second time, they're like, oh, the sex with them just isn't going to be good. No, it can grow. It can change and you can have the conversations and you can make the person the lover that you want them to be and vice versa. You yes. know, as long as you're having those conversations and making the person feel comfortable is
2: if they're is willing. Huge.
0: Well, right. If they're willing. Because yeah. right. Right. The
2: we don't want to change anybody. No, right, right? Of course. But yes. in relationships, sometimes that, that happens where it's like, oh, I'm going to make him mm. exactly where they want him to be. And so that becomes... Dr. Its Frankenstein. Yeah. Its own, <laughs> that becomes its if own only. problem. So I, I would be very just cautious about okay. how we approach those things. Mm-hmm. Just because... We're all sensitive and we're all vulnerable, yeah. and whatever we might think, and guys, whatever our masculinity mm. is, like the the framework of our masculinity is not going to crumble because she says you can't eat pussy well, right? <laughs> um, but some people do feel that way, and so we do have to be conscious of it to not like ruin the moment and yeah. and be able to build uh, healthy relationships, which is really ultimately everything we're talking about
0: or which the opposite can also happen and maybe now you've angered this person now that you've gone oh so like everything i've been doing is wrong you know and you don't want to take it in that direction either it's all meant to be like a happy healthy conversation it should never go into like that negative headspace which it's easy to do
2: we just don't talk about sex enough, yeah, no. right, and because it's stigmatized and it's really put in like this uh, really uncomfortable little box uh, where no one wants to talk about it. The expectations are very high for everybody, right? Mm-hmm. Penis size, uh, expertise, oral on both ends, mm-hmm. right, and so. On both ends, exactly, but for both yeah. for all partners. Yeah. And so all of those things make the stakes so high. Right. Uh, and, but it can also be incredibly damaging. And then it's creating a, like an environment where people aren't talking about sex. They're, they're just doing what they see on, in adult films. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. not reality. No. But the expectations for a lot of men and women are sometimes what you see in those things because we don't have a comprehensive sex education. A lot of people are getting their kind of knowledge from mm-hmm. pornography, And that's, as we've discussed before, certainly not, not the intention. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not the intention of pornography to be the educator.
0: Yeah, no. no. And it shouldn't be because it's still right. a form of entertainment. And these are still actors who are being paid to do a job and they are reading a script that has been written. Um, and the whole scene is choreographed. So it's not... Um, it's not real sex, is what I always try to tell people. Now, there are some sites who who really focus on um, real sex. Uh, Balesa is one of them, and they are my absolute favorite. <laughs> I love that. Yes, I love them, too. I think they're built for women. Yes. Um, yes. And the whole scene behind that is that uh, the woman picks her um, mate, um, and you have real sex, and there is no timetable, and there is no... Um, set up a lot of times in pornography. It's five minutes in this position, five minutes in this position, and it's a it's a gauntlet that you have to checklist off and just go through blowjob, eating out, and riding, and uh, reverse cowgirl, and doggy, and all these things. As to where Balesa is, two individuals who just have sex, and however long the sex lasts, the sex lasts, and it's beautiful, <laughs> and it is a beautiful, beautiful sight. Um, but that's not pornography, you know, and even then, or that's not uh, real life sex, I mean, yeah. but even then the, it is real life sex, but we're still, um, we're still two actors and we're still two very, sexually um, advanced actors you know who have been in our own sexuality for so long and we've experienced so many different things that our sex is probably a, a different level you know than even than the basic starting out but that's why we want you to grow and expand and have more conversations and and get to these places a colleague
2: know? of ours actually sherry deville had had said uh, watching porn to learn about sex education is like
1: Watching, Watching the the Fast, the, the, and, the fast furious. and
2: Furious to learn to drive. Yes. yes. Right? And accurate. so when she said that, she's like, I heard this recently. And I was like, wow, that is just yeah, so accurate. It's spot on. Right? Yeah. I was going to bring that one up, oh, too. It's yeah, a yeah. good one. Yeah. <laughs> but it is exactly
0: that. It is a way enhanced version of what sex is. And that's not even the sex I'm having at home. Yeah. You know? So I my sex is so different in, you know, the real scenario. And it's never my kid. Uh, I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> I don't For have some a
2: kid. Context, I don't have a kid. Let's add a little bit of context step.
0: there. I I so. obviously do a lot of step-mommy, step, mommy, step uh, son or daughter, um, pornography. Uh, so, before
2: we started yes. filming, we were talking about how sometimes it's an algorithm that's kind of yeah. feeding into those things. So there's so much adult film content that is stepson, stepdaughter, step, son, step, daughter, step mm-hmm. everything, mm-hmm. Uh, and so that could be somewhat troubling Mm. in certain environments, Mm -hmm. and so that's all we're talking about. Yeah, Yeah.
1: exactly. (laughs) little backstory. Sorry, guys. (laughs) That also, though, uh, kind of a form of a dom-sub relationship. Oh, absolutely. Like this step, Parent would have the authority, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and there's some age play involved. Exactly, exactly,
0: all of that and and more. Yeah, uh, because I am supposed to be the the one convincing them that everything is okay. You know?
2: so <laughs> Put down the video game, Bobby. Yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> right. Mommy, stepmommy needs you for something. You know, yeah. Which it is it does get a very like yeah, I don't even want to. Okay, I don't right. want to say the verbiage that I'm thinking in my head. <laughs> Fair but, enough. Um,
1: yeah. Okay. Well, and there's (laughs) different types of dom-sub relationships, which, like, we've talked about some of them, um, but what you're referencing, which is, like, caregiver and little, is Mm. very popular. Mm -hmm. Uh, There is a whole, we talked about, like, the alphabet with pussy eating. There's a whole alphabet of BDSM. So if you see DDLG, or is it M? what is it, DMLB? I don't know. They're like, it's like Daddy Don Daddy Little Girl. Oh. They have all these different acronyms oh, to Lord. like suggest which pairing you are like participating in. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Interesting. See, I don't even know all the sides of like BDSM.
1: <laughs>
2: I I, don't either. I
1: know the very like curated
0: side. So that's, mm. that's my perspective is like the porn perspective.
2: I would imagine that a lot of uh, young men or people in general are learning from the adult film industry. Yeah. And so that's like their first tap into that world. Mm-hmm. And so that presents its own potential hazards because mm-hmm. it's so curated and mm-hmm. all of those things and you think that that's how it is. That's the expectation. You know, there's not always a lot of consent in the adult film industry yeah. video component of it, even though there's a lot before and after and all of those comp- all of those things that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so there, that difference I think is really important
0: yeah what you don't realize is that on the side of me doing BDSM, bdsm is a whole staff of people willing to come to my aid at any point in time yeah absolutely literally people there to just wipe my bum that's uh their whole job when i'm tied to a cage yeah so it's a it's a whole show going on behind what i'm actually doing so
2: no yeah. one wants a cum trippy bum. No
0: one wants that. <laughs> that's Nobody fair. No do. That. Oh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> Not on camera. That's Not fair, on camera. Fair. You don't. <laughs> there's that, um, there's that, like little moment where the camera will pan up to your face, and uh, even if I don't didn't know something was coming out of me, I do now because it's the pan up to your face where someone will come and wipe your butt, and then yeah, and then you just make some awesome face, and then they pan back to your ass that's now been cleaned and wiped. So yeah, that's a little porn secret. Filmmaking yeah. is wild. It ma'am. is, isn't
2: it? Yeah, yeah, it's great. Theoretically, I would wonder if the filmmaker can also be considered a like a power dynamic.
1: Mm, right? Oh, like as a
2: role play? As a role oh, play. Yes. Because why not, right?
0: Well, I will tell you that, I mean, having someone film does put a whole new level of like sexuality into the situation because it's the voyeurism yeah. of it, you know? Right. And, and performing in front of people is very, exhilar- for me, exhilarating. I can't imagine how it's not that for everyone. But for me, it is like watch me have sex,
2: you know? So I get... There's so much in the world now of so much content that celebrities have made, Mm -hmm. right? And all of that stuff gets put out there, whether it's intentional or not, is probably up for debate in certain instances, Mm -hmm. right? Because a lot of it, or some of it, potentially is very curated and then leaked and all of that stuff. But some of these things are intentional. Mm -hmm. uh, Whereas in other cases, they're definitely not intentional and it was a violation. Right? And so there's a lot of nuance there Mm. uh, that I think is often not discussed, right? Because leaked means bad, but leaked is not the same all the time. Yes. Every instance of something being leaked in in media is not actually leaked.
1: A publicity stunt is different than revenge porn. Right. Yes, absolutely. But
2: revenge porn is absolutely a thing, and so making sure that we understand that nuance and distinction I think is super important. Mm, Yes. Yeah,
0: Uh, yeah, and they should always be consenting to being on film as well. (laughs) Let's just go ahead and put that out there. Putting a camera in the corner of a room and not letting anybody know that camera is there is very wrong and very illegal yes it, yes and,
2: and super common in a lot of instances or was mm, right and then yeah. things would get posted and people didn't know mm, um, mm-hmm. and so that can be really really damaging to yeah. people and so it's it's just not fair and not right yeah
1: which is an interesting thing too if we're talking about like the DS dynamic that um, there is talk about like fake doms mm. um, which are people that don't actually have the heart of like the erotic dynamic um, in their intentions they are there to manipulate abuse mm. control Mm-hmm. Role. Right. Um, I'm listening to this great audiobook. It's called The Loving Dominant okay. by John and Libby Warren. So he is the dominant in their dynamic, and she is a submissive. They're married. Um, and there's this quote that says The essence of this kind of play is to take another's power and then use it for mutual pleasure. Right. Right. So, yes. it's, you know, it's uh, a symbiotic relationship. Right. And then talking about that relationship, um, like, as a lifestyle, people practice it in different forms. Mm -hmm. Um, There's an essay by Diane Vera in uh, the Lesbian S&M Safety Manual, and she talks about the nine degrees of submission. So she kind of does it chronologically. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of interplay. People drift in and out of roles. Um, But there's a difference between somebody who, like, wants to be subservient within a scene for the sake of like their own pleasure mm-hmm. versus somebody who wants to be subservient in a more long running dynamic for the, the actual sake of their dom's pleasure. Mm-hmm. And like that uh, relinquishing of control is like much more total than it would be if you were like role playing.
0: Yeah, no, I love that. I love that, that this is a part to do for the mutual benefit of both partners because that's exactly why you should be taking part in this type of situation it should be to bring joy to both of you not you shouldn't have a dom basically just controlling you and making it their their sexual fantasy it should never be one person's sexual fantasy both of you should have this same fantasy and be going down the same road because it's something you're both into you should not be doing any of these types of things any sexual um anything without wanting to actually be doing it. I would never say go into this because you're looking to please this person because you should be both looking to please each other. We're we're talking only happy, healthy, consensual relationships here. We're not talking any
1: forcible things by any stretch of the imagination. And also people seek different things from BDSM. Um, You know, if we talk about like the psychology of it, there's a whole fucking (laughs) minefield there. So we don't need to get into that. Mm -hmm. But the point is that like what drives anyone to kinky sex or more like mainstream vanilla sex is different person to person. Some people um, are after... So, like, they divide in this book the idea of, like, submission and and dominance into stimulus-driven. So, like, looking for the physical sensation that's happening, whips, Mm. flogs, um, you know, anything... Wax play, anything Mm. like that. Right, because it doesn't all have to be sex. Correct. Right. Yes. Um, There's that. Then there's, like, relationship-driven. So, specifically looking for the connection with usually a particular person as Mm. opposed to just anybody. And then there's fantasy-driven, which Mm. is, I think, more about, like like, The scene and the dynamic, right? Um, and like them either talking about a fantasy together or figuring out a way to safely enact that fantasy together. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. I love that.
0: God. <laughs>
1: I just love you so much.
0: I'm so Thanks, happy you're here. Girl, I do. <laughs> um, okay, uh, what else do we need to add to this? You feel good? Yeah. All right. All right, guys. Uh, I think we have really explored a lot about the dom sub relationship of how very much um, consensual and communication are are key to uh, making this a happy healthy part of your relationship and your dynamic and have fun with it and really get to talking and uh, write that fun list at dinner and you know slip it over to the side of their table and see what they might be interested in doing a little bit later or tomorrow or next week or when you're on that vacation and um, really get to know each other and uh, switch up the roles, you know, make it fun and do it safely. And uh, we wish you luck in that. So, um, Angeline, can you tell the people where they can
1: find you in all of your um, sex expertise? Yes. Um, so, I'm on Instagram at AP Sex Education Advanced Placement, Sex Education for all of my nerds. Uh, and then I'm on TikTok at AP Seggs, S E G G S, Ed, to avoid the Robocops. Love it. And Dr. Eddie,
0: thank you as always uh, for your public health perspective. And guys, until next time, adios.